Mm-hmm. It is hard to be your full self if you're worried about how you're gonna pay your mortgage, light bill or kid's medical bill. My why is to take what I learned in the financial community and translate that to the people that I come across. So learn how to take what you're passionate about and create business verticals. I take my why and then I monetize my why. All the way from the G903, small town love with big city dreams. Bringing you the stories of people who went from nothing to something. People who've been in your shoes. It's Wave with a Z. That's right. It's time for Zave to bring that new wave of inspiration, motivation, and success right to you. Are you looking for a side hustle to replace your current income? Or a way to grow your already existing business? Click the link in the description to start the 15-day business builder challenge to start earning an extra 1 to 10K a month or more. Link in the episode's description. I've had mentors throughout. Um, a lot of times they've been pastors. To the, almost right. to the point where I was like, maybe I was supposed to be a pastor because my mentors are always pastors. <laughs> right. Shout out to Dr. John Wade out in uh, Panama City, Florida. That's a great man of God. Uh, he's he's definitely been a mentor. My first pastor as an adult, you know, I got saved when I was in high school. Um, Bishop McCarter out of North Carolina, he's definitely been a mentor. His brother, Bishop Pastor Tiff, has been a mentor in the past. Um, I've also had just people I look up to, unofficial mentors that I just I just respect how they they move in the world as a Mr. Albert Black, Albert Black Jr., even though he's the senior, I've just always respected how he moved. I have great respect for his son, Trey Black, who runs uh, on target supplies and logistics. So sometimes it's easy, even peer, just the way people carry themselves. If there's something I can pull from that, I do. Because, right. I, you know, I'm in the space where you can't outdo me at being me. Like, I can't be Zay. So I'm not going to worry mm-hmm. about it. But in my lane... Nobody can do my lane. So why, if I'm not worried about them taking my shine, I can applaud their gifts and want to emulate those gifts in whatever capacity in my life. What was your why in everything that you do? Wow. My why is easy, that man. So my why is to improve the financial lives of Black people the black people that I touch specifically because we do a lot. We always are working on other, everybody else's project. We have enough work yeah. to do on our own project. However, I have, I have white friends. I have, and I want to improve the financial <laughs> life. One of my best friends is white. Right. I love him. <laughs> my brother, we talk together. And you know, oftentimes he'll reach out to me on advice on how to navigate. But I want to improve. I want people to be able to enhance their ability to self-actualize, right? Mm. It is hard to be your full self if you're worried about how you're going to pay your mortgage, light bill or kid's medical bill. So my my why is to take what I learned, and because I said I'm naturally a teacher, to take what I learned in the financial community in the 14 years I spent there, continue to learn, continue to educate myself, and translate that to the people that I come across. I want to go back to the very beginning or not the very beginning, but the banking space. How did you first get into that? 
It's a great question. I thought I was going to play pro football, and then I realized maybe I ain't going to play pro football and bang it. So, so this is this is my yeah. this is my walk, right? In right. seventh grade, I wrote a letter to myself, said that I'm going to go to University of Chapel Hill. I'm going to run track and field. And then I got really good at football, middle school, high school. I got a football scholarship at Wake Forest. Like all of us, I was a great student, but I was also a great athlete, and all of us think we're going to the pros. And I, I had a, at best, a good career, probably an average collegiate career. Um, and actually, my red shirt junior year, so senior year in the classroom, I got beat out by a kid younger than me. He just played better. And I was like, probably I need to have a plan if I don't go to the league. Right. Um, so I was a political science major, realized at that point, I, it, although I enjoyed it, I didn't want to go to law school. So I took a summer management program and got exposed to banking. I didn't know then. I mean, I was. A, now I look back on it, I've always been an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. But I knew right. that what excited me about banking was, oh, you give money to businesses for them to grow their business and help grow. the. That is cool as hell. I want to do that. Right. Um, and so I, I went into retail banking right after I finished and didn't make the league. And kind of just grew from there. I have a scenario for you. You know, for someone like me, a 20-year-old that that's a college student. Did you say you're a 20-year-old? I'm 20. I'm a 20-year-old, yeah. Get out <laughs> yeah. of here. Now for, Get real, out for real. Of here. June uh, 2001. Yes, sir. 20 years uh, old. Yes, sir. 2001? I was Blueprint in 2001 is a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I'm, I'm impressed, man. You carry yourself very well, young man. Very appreciate well. it. Thank you. Love to be my son. Shoot. Dang. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. But, you know, someone like me, I want to get my assets up. I want to get my money up. You know, financial literacy, all that. While I'm in college. Yeah. What advice would you give me? Oh, man, you, you've got the world at your oyster right now. So the great thing is you don't have any debt. Manage your credit properly. All right. Mm -hmm. So learn how to manage your credit and what is involved. That, that would be the first thing. I would learn how to manage your personal credit. That is going to be your, a wealth building tool for you. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's save it. You do need to save. You do need to manage your money. So the first thing is learn how to manage your credit. What goes into that? And when you get these, when I was in college, I would... I got a credit card, maxed it out, wanted, didn't understand why they wouldn't give me more limit when I already maxed it out. Pay your bills on time. Right. If you can do your best to keep your limits on your credit cards below 30%, do that. So that means you have to have a budget. A budget tells you, oftentimes people don't want to budget because they're afraid to know what it really means. If you understand how to maintain a budget, how to establish a budget, you're going to be light years ahead of your peers. And then the, the thing that we always miss in we've been taught to save, we've been taught to go work for somebody else who's going to pay you a margin. You're not going to be able to really build wealth off of that. And then save, save, save when your money's doing nothing for you and those accounts are paid nothing for you. You need to right. learn how to add business verticals, ways to make money and stuff that you like to do. All right. So don't don't go out there and just try to make money and stuff you can't stand. I'm not going to try to make money as a mechanic because I don't know how to do it. I have no passion for it. 
but I do know how to sell financial services information. And so all the vertical stems from that knowledge. If you're in, if you're in tech, if you like uh, videography, you can create multiple income streams off of that skill set. So learn how to take what you enjoy, what you're passionate about, and create business verticals from there. I take my why, and then I monetize my why. All the monetization of my why is tied to commercial and financial literacy. I think a thing that's holding us back, though, is like you said earlier, that safety net of that biweekly check. I think that's what's holding us back. So how do we break out of that, the the change that that biweekly check has on us? Because it's a safety net. You know, we're we too scared. I, said, I know, have all the answers. I would be unfair yeah. to the audience if I said, just do this. You'll be fine. I've only broke out of it three months now, so let's 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 be real. How do you do it? You trust in your why more than you trust in that security. All right. Think about a, mm. a life jacket, a vest. Right. You put on the vest because you're not a great swimmer. It protects you. You can wade in the water longer. You have that. You have that safety net. Like I'm not going to drown as long as I have this vest on. But you can't move as well. Mm. You can't. You can't do all the strokes. And so my yep. son, that seven-year-old child, that OB Jr., who's on the spectrum, because he's on the spectrum, there's a lot of communication challenges. He did, um, we did swimming lessons one summer, he and his sister. I thought he was paying attention to nothing. Like, the instructor was, was kind, but I was like, you got a rough time with that boy. All right, so we had a life jacket on him. We got a pool in the backyard. And three years, keep the life jacket on. And I noticed, I was like, this he can do stuff like somebody who can really swim. And when my wife wasn't looking, I took that life jacket off, threw him in the pool, and that brother was a swan. He's now the best swimmer wow. in our house. Seven-year-old's the best swimmer in our house. He couldn't fully show what he could do while he had the life jacket on. So use that metaphor as that security is limiting. Mm -hmm. If you understand that security is limiting you and you don't want to be limited, then you can be able to move out of it. But I will prepare yourself to do that. Don't just jump out there. In my opinion, I used corporate America as, a, as an educator and I used it to build up my assets. I got exposed to good information early and I built up my assets. So by the time they told, they showed me the door, I was like, I don't, they didn't expect me to say, nah, I'm not signing that nonsense. I'm out. And I could say, no, nah, I'm not signing that nonsense. I'm out because I knew that I had a rental property I could sell and net $150,000 and covered my expenses for a year. I, I knew I still had my wife's support and, and her income. So that's that's a thing. And I knew that we had a good savings plan. And I knew that we were building something of our own that was going to create its own revenue. So it's not just about savings. It's about creating new verticals. So if you prepare yourself mm -hmm. and then you know that that vest, that safety is a hindrance in a way, then you can you can move towards that that freedom. You can burn the ships. Right, right. This is a side note, side conversation, but this is Zave's wave. And you know, you got the waves, you got them popping. I'm sure everybody wants to see just a wave check from Obi. Because we know they're there. We know they're there. Yes, sir. There you go. There you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, this is years. This is Sean P. One hundred and one. I got the best right. barber in the world. About to go see him at two thirty. So this this is his, this is his work, and this is this is berries and juices. They say Nigerian ain't got good hair, <laughs> but Wayne said we ain't got good hair. But look at this. I got that yeah. good hair. So. Good hair, good hair. That's another thing we need to take that off. Think about that. Good hair is like what is closest yeah. to white people. Nonsense. Yeah, yeah. It is. Nothing Doesn't wrong with 4C. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I was looking through your Instagram, and you've worked a lot with, you know, black people in the, the hair space, you know, barbers, beauticians. Tell us more about that. So one, is, it's... um. Actually, you know, back to Sean. Sean's been my barber for the entire time we've lived in Dallas since 2016. And he's very, uh, he's one of the elite barbers in the country. And so helping, he's, he's actually on the board of Space and Equity. So you kind of, you help out the people that help you. And he got me exposed to the Texas International Hair Show where he sits on the, the board there. Um, so I got an opportunity. That's actually when we showcased Space and Equity for the first time was at that event in October at Hotel Anatole. But beyond that, the barber space, the beautician space represents the highest amount of black entrepreneurship that we have. Like nobody can do our hair like we can do our hair. All right. Yep. So we are the. Uh, the innovators, we are the entrepreneurs, we are the business tycoons, if you will. And what I want right. that for the challenge is, once a lot of money comes to a space, then the big money comes and tries to gobble it up. You know, Dudley Hair Products is a big thing out of North Carolina, but once people realize, and this is a billion dollar plus industry, than other others outside of us, and I want us to maintain control and ownership in that space. So that's my my message to that community is when we build it up, build it up so we can scale instead of selling it to the closest bidder. And then we no longer own our product and then it becomes watered down. So oftentimes what happens with a business owner is that you build a business up to a certain capacity. And because we don't know how to take advantage of financial instruments, institutional funds, we get to a point where we don't have the resources to expand it, but we have a great product and we end up selling it and then somebody else proliferates our product, but they also don't have the same care for our product. Um, but if you if you know how to scale it, then you don't have to sell. You can take it into other markets. So we're going to have an event called the Field of the Boardroom. And I'll send you a link on that if I haven't already done so. But there's a guy right. named Chris Fish. He's with Magnolia Financial Group. They are fiduciary for a trust. At the end of the day, they sell money at a big scale. The big, the smallest loan he'll do is about a $100 million loan. But he can show folks how do you scale? How do you grow your business and take advantage of institutional money versus, oh, the bank won't give me a loan. There's other resources out there that we can expose ourselves to. Mm-hmm. So me, like I said, going back to it, as a 20-year-old college student, I want a loan for a business. How should I go about getting it? I know you said credit score is important. So let's say I have a credit score of 750. You know, what is the process yeah. on that? Okay. So a credit score of 750, that means it, it means it's a great thing. That means that you're 
paying your bills on time. But mm-hmm. what makes up that score? A 750 is not always the same depending on who's owner. I have a, let's say, I think my, I just checked my credit score recently. I have 784. That's a, that's a good score. It could be better. Mm-hmm. But my score is comprised of 20 years of history. I've got real estate on there. I've got a couple auto loans on there. Um, just paid off some student loans. And then I've got some credit card debt on there. So mine shows my seven, let's say we both had that, both had a 750. My 750 and your 750 would look a lot different because you haven't uh, probably haven't bought your own personal home yet. Maybe you just have credit cards and you have a year's worth of history versus my 20 some years of history on there. So those aren't always the same. So know what is driving that because a lender may still say like, you're like, I got a 750. Why did he decline me? Because you don't have history in the space that he or she thinks is worthy of that credit risk. So how do you build that? Great question. First, know what's involved in any credit transaction. And there's, I think of credit like a three-legged stool. There's capacity. How in the world is there? Are you going to pay me back for this loan? Do you have the ability? Do you have the proven history that you can pay me back? Then there's collateral. If you don't pay me back, what can I take from you? And then there's capital. Do you have reserves yourself in the case that your cash flow or your capacity to pay me is limited? Do you have the flexibility in your capital? On a three-legged stool, if you have all three, you have a loan no matter what, unless they just, but most of the time you need two out of three to have it. If you don't have any of the three, you don't have a loan. So first, uh, know what the way the lender thinks. What are the three components of a, lo- a loan request? And do you have two of those components? Then what are you going to get that loan for? So the way you, the way you get credit is know how it works and then know what your purpose is and communicate that purpose clearly to the vendor. If you're trying to get business credit, you need to establish a business entity. So you need to you need to go out there. You can do that through LegalZoom. You can do that through attorney. You can do that yourself going online. You can get a tax ID. You have a social security right now, Zay. There's a nine-digit identifier of who you are as you move throughout this country. It follows you everywhere. Your business is its own entity. It needs its own tax ID. Your business needs to be incorporated in the, in the state in which you reside. You need to decide... Do I incorporate it as an S-Corp? Do I make it an LLC? Do I make it a something else? That establishing a business entity would be important. Establishing your purpose and your why behind why you're using a loan. Is it a short-term loan? Is it a long-term loan? There's a lot of moving parts. Um, One of the things that we're going to do, Zay, is we're going to create an e-book. We already do the consulting right now. So you can go to my website. You can go on to About Us, send your email information to us. And we'll set up a consulting appointment and we can walk you through the because this is not just a one, a 10 minute conversation. This is a process. Um, And this is this is something that requires ongoing coaching in the beginning. But it can't just know if you can conceive it, you can do it. We need to get out of that limited mindset and in the growth mindset that can be done. There's the resources out there. So you are now connected to me. So if you want to grow in the commercial space, if you want to grow and understand loans better, you have a resource now. You're like, I don't know the answer, but I know I can reach out to Obi and he can help me. And I want to help you. You know, sometimes help isn't free, 
But oftentimes people don't value what they don't pay for. Mm. But if we can set up a system where we can we can provide that free consultation on the front end and then you pay for it after, we can get those that information to you. But I wish I can't put in a sound bite because it's not a sound bite activity transaction. Right. And of course I'll put the links to all of this in the description of this episode. Okay. But up to this point, what would you do different? Wow. I would listen. I just talked to my therapist yesterday. What I listen, would do yeah. different is I would listen. You know, I'd be ready. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us do that. Like, what am I going to say next? You're thinking about what you're going to say instead of listening to what the person is asking you and having a real conversation. Part right. of it was it, it's perfectionist versus excellence. In excellence, excellence is a way of being. Perfection is attacking that moment, that transaction. And you got to keep coming, keep coming. It's very anxiety provoking. But if I'm just excellent, if that's the standard that I set, I may make a mistake and I'll own it. I'll, I'll take ownership and I'll move on, but I'm going to operate in excellence. Then I don't, I reduce my anxiety. I'm able to listen instead of being ready to say what I got to say next. So what's the average day in the life of Obi? Lots of meetings, Zoom meetings, <laughs> meeting with folks, making sure things are right. going down the line. Right now we're in the hiring process. We're trying to secure Ooh. some sites. So it's a lot of meetings. Probably probably have uh, about five meetings a day, and I should only have three. That's, that's the capacity Ooh. limit. I'm effective in three. I'm not effective in five. I don't know why I do five. <laughs> three, I can, get, I can get it done. What's next for you? I mean, you've done involved yourself in all these different aspects of business i mean i know you got some more up your sleeve i have a 10-year um, vision board if you will so these next 10 years we are going to grow space and equity into the largest institution we can create so whatever that is to be i believe space and equity is going to be a multi-billion dollar institution it's going to be a conglomerate of businesses and entrepreneur endeavors. I'd rather have some of a lot than all of a little. So we're always going to take on partners. Mm -hmm. And then the next decade, it's all about educating. I want to have a school of entrepreneurship. And we're going to have, we're going to involve all the things that we have put together over these years. But from 50 to set, I'm 41 right now. So I got to build space and equity until 50, 50, until at least 75, it's all gonna be about education, establishing a network of schools throughout the African diaspora and here and in Nigeria and in West Africa and in other places, wherever God will lead us, we're gonna spend that next 25 years on educating our, we have to educate our own communities. Tell the story from our vantage. Obi, do you have any last words for the audience? And Zay, one, I'm just impressed by you. A 20-year-old, you, you got a head on your shoulder. You, you got a smooth demeanor about you. You, The maturity is what I'm impressed with. I mean, obviously, you guys are all way more tech savvy than us. So that part, that's <laughs> that's that's par for the course. But I'm, I'm impressed right. with the vision you have to have this type of interview. Typically, you don't get questions that you presented from somebody that's only been on this planet for two decades. So 
that is what I would say. I'm impressed. And I know the people around you appreciate who you are. Man, continue to surround yourself on people that are going to pull you further into whatever God has for you. But I think it's, it's big thing. So I, I'm grateful for your invite and this time that we spent together. Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed our guests, make sure you follow them in socials listed. Tell them that Zabe sent you. Like mentioned earlier, the 15-Day Business Builder Challenge is great if you're looking to pick up an extra side hustle or even scale your business. Don't say we didn't try to put you on. Also, if you found value in this episode, feel free to donate and support. All links are in the description below. See you on the flip side.